3: Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football
4: program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or
3: Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. Yeah. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? James Co here on the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast, joined by my guys, MG Marcus Grant. What's up? Hey, congrats on the dubs. Hey, stop you know, look, I'm I'm
2: relieved, I'm excited. I am not counting this as uh, it's not a championship bruh. Yet. They've
3: got four more wins. Bruh. That was the championship. They have got. They need four, four <laughs> I mean, It's cute that Cleveland's going to show up in what they're calling <laughs> the NBA Finals. We watched the NBA Finals. A seven-game series, legendary. It was epic. In the first five minutes of this game, of game seven, I turned to my wife. I'm like, yo, this is going to be an instant classic. You know, I,
2: I will tell you this. Um, this sort of feels like, you know, when I was a kid in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And you pretty much knew from the start of the year that the Cowboys and 49ers would be in the NFC Championship game. And pretty much whoever won that game was going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say this feels like that. It feels like that. This sort of feels like that.
4: (laughs) I have a question. Do you frequently address your wife with yo
3: when you're next to her on the couch? You know what's so funny? I do. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me, Jay. Not at all. doesn't surprise me. I call my baby dude. (laughs) So she's starting to pick that up a little bit, which is great. Uh, and yes, I, I do turn to my wife actually quite frequently and say yo. <laughs> um, we've got uh, Alex Gellhar, the kid from Wisconsin. What's, what's up? up? Hey, we got a special guest today in house. Hooray! Liz Loza, what's up? Hey, James. Good. Uh, we have never met. Nope. Uh, I'm a fan of your work. You do great work over at Yahoo Sports. Uh, you do a little bit of everything there. A little print, a little on camera, uh, little multi hyphenate as, uh, they, as yes. they call it, right? <clears throat> <clears throat> gotta be you. Gotta be multiple. As uh as Bill Belichick would say, uh, uh the host of uh, your very own podcast, the X's and Y's podcast, and a former writer for uh, Scout uh, Fantasy. So yeah, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, dude.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
3: think you are our first uh, like
4: non-employee uh in studio really? guest. in studio since, guest since we rebooted this about a year ago. Yeah, I, I
3: want to say she's our first. Uh, I want to say she's our first guest ever. No, we had John Moore. We had John Moore. For no, the I combine,
2: I mean, does does Harmon count? No, no he and no. Franchise no. don't count. All right, fine. But we're trying. It. I was trying, know. guys. I was trying to let you You count. know,
4: I mean, if you think about it in terms of um, Hollywood, where we <coughs> live out here, uh, this is basically season two because we rebooted this <laughs> podcast about a no, year it's ago. Oh, true. So we're getting a nice, a fancy right? guest off the top, true. you know, guest wow. star, trying to bring in a true, new audience, true. We, like. Make people think we're not just going to tank now after we had our exciting first (laughs) season. This
1: This is the test because it's June. Yes. You're like, oh, 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 we just got to throw in some puppies. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work. We'll get rid of the
3: precocious kid who uh, who has the singers. That's that's a very good point. Very good point. (laughs) Or uh, what's really happening is that Adam Rank does an incredible – Uh, Liz Lowe's impersonation.
4: Yeah, he's really Uh, knocking it out of the park right now. Really doing well.
3: No, but uh, Adam Rank not joining us today, but that's okay. We're going to be talking about his sleepers. We're going to be talking uh, about some guys that I've pegged as possible fantasy busts. Uh, A lot of haterade in that one as well. Looking forward to it. And then... uh, uh, I see a note here. It says, Liz's audition story for The Room. Yes. We'll get to that. We'll get to we that. We will get to that. We'll get to That's that. a we'll treat before Daily Daps. <laughs> so. <It's> a little <laughs> tease we'll do right daily there. Daily Daps as well. But let's uh, start with our temp- top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news.
0: Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles, though. Whee! I
3: like cuddles. We continue to follow
0: breaking <sighs> news. watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to your kids, has your wife.
3: Consensus. Top ten pick Ezekiel Elliott in fantasy is in a quote competition for his job. Uh, how concerned are you? Zero percent. Uh, <laughs> uh, on a scale of one zero to one percent, how concerned are you, Alex Gilhart.
2: Uh Zero. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, thought it, I thought it was cute though the way the Cowboys are saying <laughs> that's this. more sure. so why I put this in the news. It's really cute. Like we're gonna spend the number four overall pick on the guy who is the best running back prospect in the draft, and then say. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to compete with, you know, this old broken down guy and this other, you know. Freddie Morris. Yeah.
3: I mean, this is what they say for quarterbacks, too. I mean, it's it's no it's no different than any other high-profile draft pick uh, that has come through. Uh, I'm sure he's in practice in a midriff right now, uh, <laughs> crushing it. So, good for him. Liz, any concern?
1: None, none at all. Um, I think. I mean, maybe if his pass protection wasn't so good, I right. might be a little bit more concerned. But the dude has a do-it-all skill set. So, and you want you want your young guy to, to compete a little. You don't want to just say like, here, yeah, here's the job. You have to play that's that mind point. game a little bit. So,
3: no, that's a good point. All right, in Cleveland. All right, the Browns say they want to be determined uh, to be a run-oriented team. Does it does it bump up Duke and Crow a little?
4: I, I'm, I mean, this has kind of been why I've been a little bit on the Duke-Johnson bandwagon. And uh, like Isaiah Cruella's is a later on pick, too, is because Hugh Jackson has a history of always wanting to establish the run of his teams, especially the last four times he's been a coordinator or head coach. His team's been in the top ten in rush attempts. But so.
3: can they, though? I mean, you look at these, this offensive line, absolutely destroyed, savaged by free agency. The that offense in general uh, has a serious lack of playmakers. I mean, Corey Coleman and who else? Maybe Josh Gordon. Stop <laughs> I just wanted to say it to Riley. Stop
4: No, I mean there are certain there are certainly concerns, but yeah. uh, the volume play at least for these guys will will be there and when you're looking for those R B three, R B four types later in drafts with some upside. Why not? I'm excited about it.
3: Liz? Uh,
1: you know who I really like, actually? And uh, he's not on Rank's sleeper's list, and okay. Rank does a great job of that. But Terrell Watson is a guy who's one of my really late round flyers, deep sleepers. Um, Hugh Jackson brought him over from the practice squad in Cincinnati. was wildly productive, yes, at Azusa Pacific, but I like
2: his <laughs> At APU? Hey. Yes. hey, don't knock it. That's, that's the school that gave us Christian Akoya. That's true. Oh.
1: All right, so – I sort of feel like, yes, I'm like, I liked Crow towards the end of the year. He started to come on. um, If you play in a standard league, I don't know if you want to mess with Duke Johnson as much. I know Matt Harmon made this point about PPR versus standard last week, so I don't want to get into it. But to me, you know, if you're not feeling the crow, because there are obvious red flags, there are both some on and off field issues. Um, although there, there's no coach that players like playing for more, it seems, than Hugh Jackson. So True. some of that might go away under this new regime. But Terrell Watson is a guy to stash, especially if you have one of those deep leagues, and given this new
4: yeah, it's Yeah, it's a good dynasty grab right there, because it's always a good sign when a coach brings over one of their guys, you know, and if the incumbent, like you said, has some question marks, as Crow does, because... He had a couple good games last year, but he also he also disappeared a lot at it, times. He had
1: trouble staying in shape, and that's always a, a concern to me. If guys aren't motivated enough to, you know, stick to their nutrition and their workout, you're getting paid to do this. Uh, you know, 100%. you know, James,
2: I, I will make I will try to help make a case for why you should like crow, at least at least Duke, okay, and or crow a little bit better. I mean, I'm going back to Hugh Jackson. I mean, I know uh, you know Alex mentioned Hugh Jackson, what he did in Cincinnati with right. with Gio Bernard and, and Jeremy Hill. I go back to when he was the head coach with the Raiders. Okay, here we go. I mean, This is what I like. Really started to turn that program around there in Oakland uh, before he got fired there in, was it 2007 um, as the head coach? Or 2011, I should say. It was a little far back. But uh, 2011, the combination of Michael Bush and Darren McFadden ran for nearly 1,600 yards and 11 touchdowns. Okay. I mean, he split the carries between the two of them. Michael Bush was kind of the lead back, had 977 yards and seven touchdowns. And I don't see why he couldn't do something similar. I, I mean, I would put... Duke and Crow kind of on par with Michael Bush and a youngish Darren McFadden. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was 24 at the time, you okay. know, so, All right. so he, he was a little bit younger then. Um, That's And a Michael Bush was more of that between-the-tackles hammer. He kind of was a hammer guy. Right. And and look at it this way also. At some point, you've got to change the way you're operating in Cleveland. They keep running through quarterbacks that keep falling apart. I mean, look, over the last what, 15, 20 years, Yeah, the best quarterback they've had there is Derek Anderson. Oh. He has been the most successful quarterback that they have had in Cleveland over that the last was for couple one year. of decades. Yeah, and so, I mean, look, maybe RG3 turns it around. Maybe he gets better. But in the meantime, you've got to do something to get this offense going. And I don't know that you can put it in the hands of your quarterback right now.
3: Yeah, I, it's just, for me, uh, again, you look at that offensive line, it's going to be rebuilt and, and, quite frankly, not that good. Uh, you can't lose that many quality players on the offensive side of the ball and say, well, you know what, we're going to establish the run. Really? Because when you're down 21 nothing. That's pretty tough. (laughs) Um, If anything, I I think it, it, you know, again, uh, even if you're playing in a standard league, but especially in PPR, Duke Johnson, uh, if they're playing from behind quite, that much uh Duke Johnson I think would see a little bit of a bump it's a reason why I like Gio Bernard especially for his price uh compared to Jeremy Hill in Cincinnati because I think that Cincinnati is going to take a big time step back this year and I think they're going to be playing from behind uh in quite a few contests as well but again if I were to bump anybody it's going to be Duke Johnson but overall the offense just looks like garbage I, I can't invest um Maybe I mean, of course, when we're talking thirteen, fourteen, fifteenth round, okay, anything goes, that's fine. And by the way, Liz, look, there's no Adam Rank here, and I would appreciate it if you leave the danger zone picks to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just stepping on your toes, <laughs> with the, with the Watson out there. Uh, listen, that's, uh, that's she, she came out guns blazing right at you, James. It's, it's kind of not cool. Kind of not cool that you went uh, Danger Zone all of a sudden out of nowhere. Uh, but no, we'll go to New yo, York. Yeah, yo,
1: yeah, yo. We're still tight. Right? All
3: right. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, New York Jets. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick says he could play elsewhere just based off of principle. Uh, based off of principle. And he I, would take less money. And he would take less money. I want to know how much. What's it going to take to get it done? I want to know who he's so upset with. He's mad at somebody. I mean, he's mad. He's mad at somebody. He is mad at somebody. He is
2: mad. Mad at somebody, like, and I want to know who <laughs> who kicked his dog. You know, who stole his bicycle. Like, what happened that Ryan Fitzpatrick just wants to leave so badly?
3: I uh, don't know if you know this. He's a pretty smart guy. What? Wait! Did he? Where did he where to go to school? He uh, went to an Ivy League school. Really? Oh, wow! Right. He's smart, dude. This, this is the uh, first is the first I'm hearing of this. <laughs> uh, I, look, I, this is what I think. I, I think that uh, he's a smart guy, and he's going to be. Tr- he's trying to make a smart business decision, given his age, given his position, uh, given the quarterback market out there today. I, I think he looks at the tea leaves and says, "Look, man, this is my last big contract. Uh, I want to get paid as much as possible." I think he looks at like Chase Daniels and is like, "Yo, this guy got paid what?" Uh, he looks at <clears throat> uh, far less productive quarterback. He looks at Sam Bradford. He looks and at Sam. <laughs> and this guy got paid what? <laughs> and and I I don't think I don't think it's that far off for him to be asking.
4: Uh, I think the real question is, though, if he does leave, how much does that impact? And we've talked about this a little bit before, but how badly do we drop Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker then?
3: Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, yeah, I think Brandon Marshall (laughs) is. First of all, I think he's primed for a letdown anyways. But if you were to take Geno Smith and put him into the starting lineup, forget about it.
1: I Liz, want we, no
4: part of that. We haven't got your perspective on this yet cuz we just banter about this all the time in here but what's what's your take on this Fitzpatrick Jets wide receiver situation? Well,
1: I think that James was absolutely right. I mean, he is trying to make a, he's 33 years old. He's trying to make a of savvy business decision. Um does it make more sense to strike a hard line and potentially be a career backup and you know sit on the bench all but two games maybe a year um, but still collect a paycheck or try to go for this massive paycheck? I mean, I, I, I you've got Eric Decker protesting and sitting right. out supposedly right? Uh, well- Although
4: they were back now too right? So they was just made up. They it made a like brief a one day sit out yeah. Still some but yeah.
1: And I I also agree with the fact that Marshall is in for a huge regression. Last year was the year to own Marshall. Um, So... I think if Fitzpatrick were not to return, then maybe Matt Forte has the most value because he has that, again, that do-it-all skill set, and uh, absolutely, the receivers have to be knocked down in your rankings, and their values are going to be knocked down. It's going to be interesting. I mean, Christian Hackenberg could overthrow a dude on stilts. (laughs) (laughs) That's a visual for you right there. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? So um, these are things we're going to have to monitor. I, I, I I don't really... It seems to be a I mean, when when do they have to make official decision?
4: I don't know.
3: Uh, it's gonna be pretty. It's going It's gonna be pretty soon. You know, all this posturing. That's definitely you know contract deadline talks, right? I mean, right. I mean, it, you <laughs> would
4: think they get it done before training camp at at the least. So they've got another month plus, though.
3: Look, we talk about him being a pretty smart guy. He's got to come out and and say stuff like this because, quite honestly, the quarterback market. Uh, has dried up considerably. If he was going to strike a big deal, it was going to be before the draft, um, it, which is why we saw Sam Bradford strike his deal. If that dra- if the draft had come, and they had already taken Carson Wentz, I guarantee you Sam Bradford doesn't get that deal, not just from Philadelphia, but from anybody. So I think... Um, I think the I think the Fitzpatrick representatives I think they made a little bit of a mistake uh, trying to wait this long and I think they know they look around they're like hey man training camp is around the corner we got to get a deal done and we got to get it done now but I just think also the quarterback have, market's not there.
4: They also have working in their favor though that nobody no other quarterbacks are available. Like so that's why they can hold out too. Sure. That's why they can dig in their heels cuz they're like who are you going to go pick up? Like you're going to get Jason Campbell or Seneca Wallace or somebody like that. Yeah, just- buddy. Call no? up, you know, call up uh, Kyle Orton. See if where's Josh Johnson. Is he around? Maybe I don't know. He's
3: got to be around. He's he's ready to work, Josh Johnson. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the uh, the the 2016 draft kit. It's about to come out. It's about to pop. It's about to release. Tomorrow. Wednesday, Wednesday
4: everybody. Wednesday, June okay. 1st. Expect it maybe in the afternoon. There's a lot of uh, things that we have to get together, Marks There's and I do on the, the technical side before that's out, but you'll be able to find it at NFL.com. draft got to make it look all pretty
3: for you. Yes. There you go. Um, NFL.com slash kit. Oh, by the way, you can sign up today. Uh, fantasy football, free, easy to play, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, they're doing mock drafts right now. Mock drafts are live. As well. So go to NFL.com slash fantasy to sign up today. Um, a couple of notes. Uh, I I know it's 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 always hugely popular to talk about sleepers, and it's also fun to debate uh, who is going to be a fantasy letdown, a.k.a. a bust for 2016. And those are two big time topics that we will try to tackle today. Big time sleepers, written by Adam Rank. Uh, yours truly, James Coat. Uh, I try to handle. With kid gloves, the uh, the whole topic of bus. I feel bad sometimes. Kid right? gloves, really? you, you went swinging. This sometimes. list, <laughs> this list just screams James Co. You yeah. know, it, it, first of all, I I open up my piece by saying this, man. <clears throat> I only talk about big time players, right? Because. Far too often in this in the fantasy universe, you see a bust list and it's guys who are not being drafted until the 13th, 14th, 15th round. And I'm always like, this doesn't help people in terms of calling a guy a quote-unquote bust. You're only a bust if you're a high-profile guy being overdrafted. Yeah.
4: To 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 borrow a phrase from uh, our friend Dan Hansa, said you're on the NFL podcast. You put a lot of onion hangers out here on y- on your bust list, so uh, we'll you know. we'll see how that works. But real quick about the draft kit too, before we get into it. Okay. So rank pen this sleeper list. James pen the bust list. Marcus, you're doing bargains, right? Draft bargains. I'll be doing deep sleepers. Fabiano did breakouts, so there'll be all sorts of content there to help you get ready for your drafts and uh, lots of lists and rankings and all that jazz. But speaking of which, should we get into ranks sleeper list here? Please,
3: let's do it. Uh, Marcus Grant, give me one guy on this list you love. One guy on this
2: list that I love. I would probably go, well, we talked about it. I mean, Duke Johnson. Okay. Um, Just because of Hugh Jackson's history with running back. I, I'm not going to call him a running back whisperer. Let's not do that. But, <laughs> okay. But the fact that he has figured out how to get the most out of his running backs, out of guys that, you know, sometimes on paper you look at and don't think that they could be big producers he's found a way to make that happen and I think I think Duke Johnson really is the future at running back at least for the short term okay for the Cleveland Browns I you know I know they keep trying to make crow a thing crow is not a thing stop trying to make fetch happen um so I, you know I but I think Duke Johnson can really be that guy and I think especially you know where you could potentially end up getting him in your draft I mean this is a guy who's gonna go mid rounds and I think he could give you some real solid potential at that Yeah, the, that Allure's, the allure is certainly in PPR, but I don't mind the floor he offers.
4: Like we said, they might be down a lot, the yard yeah. situation, you know, and then if he ends up finding his way into the end zone, you've got yourself a really
2: nice, like, flex kind of week. Well, I think, that's a, I think he's a guy that you use as a flex player. He's not going to be a guy that you're running out week in and week out. I mean, I think if, if you are believing that, then you are going to be disappointed, but if you realize that he is kind of a third running back of flex option for you, I think you'll be a lot happier.
3: Liz, who do you like on this list?
1: I like Rashad Matthews. Now in Tennessee, he's going a to current ADP value, I know you guys reference FF calculator, so I did as well in the 14th go. round. Um, listen, <clears throat> I know he wasn't a flashy guy necessarily in Miami, but think about the options in Tennessee. And you know, we've heard enough exotic Smash Mouth, so I don't <laughs>
2: <know>. whatever whatever <laughs> don't <know>. that <laughs> means, right?
1: So I don't know how high flying this Tennessee offense is going to be, but we've got DGB. I don't know, is he working out? Is he reading? You know, is he studying? I, he, we certainly know that he has the the measurables, but who knows if he's going to put those into action. Who knows if Malarkey, frankly, has the uh, ability to take that guy to the next level as True. well. Kendall Wright, can he stay healthy? Meh, I don't know. <laughs> Delaney That's... Walker, is he due for a bit of a regression? Probably. Probably. So look at Rashard Matthews. He has the best hands, most secure from a health perspective, also nicely nice and secure. I think he may emerge as Mariota's most reliable option, even though not the flashiest in that passing game. Yeah, it's
4: not a bad pick. He was. He actually played quite well in Miami last year, which Ice was a bit top. of a surprise. So uh, it's not a bad pick there, especially if he's going in the fourth, 14th round right now. Wiz? Uh, for me from this list? Let's see. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give some love to Jay Zhai. We've talked about him a little bit on here. Yeah. But I think he's going to be locked in for a solid RB2 production and workload there. And at the round he's going, he's going into those 4th to 6th round anywhere area. If you load up on wide receivers early and can grab him as like your second running back, I, I really like that situation. New coaching
3: there. staff there, folks. Remember that. Yeah, he's a he's a talented guy though. Yeah, he's a talented dude. No, no, no. I no, I like it. I'm, is what I'm saying because you know I think maybe people might figure, okay, Lamar Miller didn't get touches. Why is Jay Ajayi going to get ah?
4: Touches? Yeah, I see. see what that, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, and no, that's a very good point because he should he should be able to do that. Adam
3: Gase is going to be look. I, I really believe in Adam Gase, uh, and uh, and I think he's going to turn that offense around. They got pieces there. Mm-hmm. They got some pieces there. So I I like Jay Ajayi. The thing about Jhj too is. People forget, he was widely considered a top two or three or four running back prospect. Until the medicals. Until the medicals. He had a horrible knee issue, uh, which is fine. I get it. In redraft leagues, who cares about the medicals, man? Um, I I think he's going to be a a good player. uh, And given his price, why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, I like it. If you wanted to go deep tight end, uh, Clive Walford, I think, is is a guy that could outperform his ADP. Well, I think he will absolutely perform his, his ADP because what's what's his ADP right now? Undrafted? Uh, Probably. Round? Maybe, maybe last round, yeah. It, it, this is one of those years where we talk about tight end uh, strangely being a position of depth. And I look at a guy like Clive Walford, I think in previous years I think he'd be going – Much earlier, but in a year where there is so much depth at the tight end position, I think he's a really interesting sleeper. It's going to be a high-profile attack and a high-scoring offense there in Oakland. And I think by the end of the year, I think Clive Walford and and Derek Carr had built a a, a nice little rapport going. Um, And quite frankly, an athletic tight end with a young quarterback, is that not PB&J? Sounds
4: like a pretty good combination in my book. So I'll take it. And uh, for the record, Derek Carr is on ranked sleepers list for those that listening at home. He's one of one of the guys on here as well.
3: I will give you the full list. How about Derek Carr, Clive Walford, Jay Cutler, wow. Jay Ajayi, Gio Bernard, Duke Johnson, Matt Jones, who I know you guys hate, Devontae Parker. I hate don't, seems don't like a strong hate word. Him, <laughs> Justin <laughs> Hardy, Richard Matthews, Austin Safarian Jenkins, Jared Cook, Jags D. Okay, so now a couple of these
2: scream Adam Rick. One Jags D. Jags D, right, and Jay Cutler, him being
4: the Bears so now, guy. wait, Liz, you're a Bears fan, right? Sure, right Correct me if yep. I'm wrong. Uh, all right, well, give us reason for to believe in Jay Cutler and fantasy if you can this I, year. I, that
1: is not a, a possibility. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: all right. Um, can, I, can I? I I would like to kind of refute one. I know ranks. Out here to Defend them. It's all good. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins. And, yeah. and you know, maybe this is maybe this is camp hype, maybe this okay. is a, a smokescreen, hype train sort of situation, but the reports early have been Dirk Cutter talking up Cameron Bright a little bit and saying that he's really going to challenge Safarian Jenkins for snaps and targets this year. And you know, Bright was one of those guys who he was kind of those one week wonders last year where a he might bit. have a I touchdown think, here or there. I
4: think he won uh, That Helps No one he did. last year. I think he, did, he did one did. of
2: that helps no one last year. Um he did indeed. But now you know Dirk Cutter is saying that maybe he's worthy of a larger role in the offense, and you know we know ASJ has. I mean, he said he hasn't really broken out yet. Not that it's necessarily his fault, but that's um, just it's one more guy to add to the mix there that makes me a little nervous about
3: him.
1: Well, and how much of that is motivational speak for Cotter, right? Cotter right. wants him to take the next step. Right. But I'm with you because I think that ASJ is one of those constant hype train players that we are waiting to see something additional happen. Vincent Jackson's going to fall off, and it's going to be the rapport between, we just made the point, right, between Karn and Walford. Right, Young quarterback, tight end, mm-hmm. a security blanket. But uh, we have to remember also that ASJ is young as well in his development um, so um, And they've I'm, got two other big-time targets there. I mean, that's that's kind of the problem. And plus, they're feeding Doug Martin, too. Well, and and Charles Sims. Sure. And so when you look at ASJ's um, ADP, he's going in the end of the 12th round. You could have a round later at the 8th uh, spot of the 13th round, okay. Clive Walford. Or you, you could have Jordan Cameron. I want to throw this name out. Jordan Cameron, you just mentioned Adam Gase and his ability to elevate an entire offense. He did it for Jay Cutler, which is why I don't see Jay Cutler improving on that this <laughs> year. But he of the fourteenth round, I know Jordan Cameron's another one of those I'm guys like, that we. Man, was I'm, for
2: I'm, I really, I really want to follow you down that road. I just, I've been heartbroken. You know, he's
1: right, but that's the burn factor. <laughs> that's why you take the value. Fredo,
2: you broke my heart. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been in like
4: an MFL 10 so far or a mock draft, and I've looked at Jordan Cameron and I've like hovered the cursor over him. And I'm like, can't do it. I can't do I, it. I, you know, and it's, I, mean, I, I a, could come back
2: around later because that's a good, very good point. As Luis, a fellow so. Trojan, like I really want to, and I just. <sighs> I just can't.
1: <laughs> maybe he's the next in line after Kelsey, by the way, the next like handsome tight end, uh, to get his own dating show. He's gonna, Ooh, he's gonna maybe.
2: be He's he'll be the new bachelor. Speak
3: dude, tight ends, but I mean, really though. Kelsey, I, I can't I cannot invest in Kelsey. Because I just he can't because think, he has a reality he's show. He's got the reality show, he signed that fat contract. By the way, that happened within twenty four hours of each other, right? Like he signed the fat contract and twenty four hours later they announced that he's Gonna have a reality dating show with fifty women. Well, okay. I'm sure that will turn out. Wait, well. yeah, let's get Liz's Can perspective on this. Can I just add, like, this, like
1: a side note? I was at Kiwami, a uh, sushi place in Studio City, having de- uh, having lunch, and okay. two reality execs were sitting next to me, and they were talking about, "This really handsome tight end. He's from like um where they do that good barbecue." Oh yeah, Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be this amazing show. We're really excited. Like, yes, it's a Bachelor platform. And I was just listening to them gossip about it and talk about it. And the show <laughs> looks just
3: awful. Oh, it looks terrible.
1: Like, just awful. Even listening to the execs try to hype it. It looks awful. Um, But Kelsey, though, here's the thing. Coming off of the micro like, eh, let's give him a little leeway. That's a hard injury to come back from. Um but then last year we thought he'd have this baby Gronk type explosion. Right. It, it didn't happen. No. Rumors that he couldn't pick up the playbook. Maybe from the neck up, uh, he's got something going on. So um, I don't know if it's gonna happen. Like, is he Jason Maro dumb? Like, is is that? <laughs> <you know>? So <laughs> I don't have to see the these guys in the halls like you. Right. right, right. <laughs>
2: Very good point.
3: Very good point. Um, I like it.
1: So anyway, uh Kelsey in, in interesting to invest in. Um he's going in the 6th round.
3: Yeah, oh, exactly. At that price. See, I think past. I think it's too
4: high. I think last yeah. year everybody wanted the breakout. He still had a solid season last year. It wasn't well, the
2: expectations everybody wanted. Yeah, so dis- like, way, the disappointment came because his numbers last year were almost identical to the year before. Exactly. Right. Everybody's so, expecting Exactly. Else. So now we kind of we know who he is, and
4: if you draft him appropriately, I think he can be a fine value later rounds. I like I'm with you though. I'm not taking him in the 6th round.
3: Oh, uh, there you go. All right. Should we talk about Buster? Should we talk about other? Yes. Stuff let's let's get know? to your list. All right, all, right, all, right. <laughs> all right. Like I said, okay. Here's the thing. Uh, I get it. Uh, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, Silky Johnson here. I'm hating. Okay. I get it. <laughs> I did appreciate
4: that reference. Yes. And, uh, if uh, you if you don't know that, good, Google it. Google, Google it. it. Or Google it as now. or as Rank always says, and I think this is just him being a hipster, but it works for list. Here is Yahoo
3: that kids. Yahoo that. Uh, ask Jeeves that. Um, <laughs> here's the bus list. Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram, Brandon Marshall, DeMarco Murray, Jamal Charles, Jonathan Stewart, Jeremy Hill, Melvin Gordon, TJ Yeldon, and Frank Gordon. Can I ask you an immediate question? Yes. Does your Brandon Marshall
2: pick change if Ryan Fitzpatrick resigns?
3: It doesn't, really, and I address that in the piece as well. It's just, for me, a lot of it is just based off of regression. I mean, the guy had a career high uh, in touchdowns last year. I cannot imagine, at his age... Uh, that him repeating that. He was also, he almost set a career high in yardage as well. Um, I I think we're going to be looking at a regression. I mean, he had double-digit touchdowns, which is great for him. But, I mean, quite honestly, if you were to project out Brandon Marshall today, I mean, what are you projecting? 1,208? I think that sounds about right for Brandon Marshall. And that's a huge regression uh, in terms of fantasy points. And that's that's the reason... Uh, why I say Brandon Marshall is, is is primed to disappoint this year. All right, fair enough. That's my that's <laughs> my only thing. I don't know. I mean, look, I, I I do agree that there's probably
2: some touchdown regression coming. I think though, if if Fitzpatrick there's got to be. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a big number, but I think if Fitzpatrick comes back, I still think he and Eric Decker. I mean, Derek Decker is kind of a high, at his best, a high-end wide receiver two, maybe even a fringe wide receiver one. And okay. I, think, I think with Fitzpatrick back, uh, I think they stay there. I think Brandon Marshall is kind of a, a mid- to low-level wide receiver one uh, prospect.
3: The thing with Fitzpatrick that people love from a fantasy perspective and not so much from real life is that he really locks into one or two guys, and that's it. I mean, he just force feeds. It doesn't matter if you're double cover, triple cover. It doesn't matter. He's going to force feed that rock. Well, as long as uh, that guy's on my team, then I'm <laughs> good with it. No, no, I, and I get that. Uh, we saw that in Houston when he was just, I mean, just pounding DeAndre Hopkins with, with targets. And then we saw that again last year. It was really a, a two-person uh, wide receiver attack, right? I mean, they didn't really have a third option. But what about if Devin Smith develops a bit? That, no? he's not going. He's
4: not going to eat into their production yet he was injured a lot and they went and drafted another deep threat in the draft this year and uh, did they take Sharon Peak or Kobe Listen i forgetting which one they took but they took somebody that's a deep threat let me double let me look that up real quick
3: either way um, i just think like i it said it was at peak by the way it was peak okay i think the uh, i think the ceiling is is okay i don't think it's great and i think the floor could just absolutely fall apart i th- th- whenever i look at these bust lists that's what i look at i look at the floor and and for me so the the guys that are on this list have scary, scary low floors. That's what I look at.
1: So then, James, I have a question. because yeah. I, I admitted earlier that I think Brandon Marshall's in for a regression. Right. Keenan Allen's going about the same place in drafts. Sure. Now, obviously, red flags. Upside. Lots of upside, right? Yeah, absolutely. Had, I think he had a, averaged 11 targets per game last season when he was healthy. So would you rather have Keenan Allen or Brandon Marshall?
3: Oh, Keenan Allen. Not even right. a question. Okay. Well, I mean, for multiple reasons. One, I'm a Cal guy. <laughs> but two, younger, more athletic dude right now in his career. Um, and I think, again, we talk about teams being behind. I think San Diego is going to be an absolute train wreck this year. I think they're going to have to pass. Uh, Melvin Gordon's also on this list. He's not the answer, obviously. And I think Phillip Rivers is basically going to say, all right, listen, man. Uh, it, you know, and the other thing, too, they lost Ladarius Green, which doesn't necessarily make a difference for, um, you know, Antonio Gates or whatever it might be. But I, I do think when you lose – an athlete on the si- on that side of the ball, um, other guys who are – Keenan Allen's an okay athlete, above-average athlete. He's not a great athlete, but i tell you what. He's one of the best athletes they got on that offense, which is not great, but they're going to throw the ball a lot.
1: No love for Dontrell Hernandon or – Dontrell Inman.
3: <laughs> Dontrell
1: Inman. I put them together. Yeah, Her- no,
4: I like ben- that. I like <laughs> hey, they went and got Travis Benjamin now, and they've got uh, – true. they got Stevie Johnson there still, but – uh all right, let's okay, hold on. I gotta jump into one Please. here on the bus list. Okay. And Marks and I were trying to surmise quick before I came up here to the podcast we're yeah. like, maybe this player just beat up on Cal back in college Who and is that's it? why James has such a rational hate for him, but it's Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> Seriously, did he? Did he did we he, actually went to
2: his game logs, and we were like, okay, he played pal three times. Did he like only steal had an buck? old? Did he steal an old
3: girlfriend? From no. Him or Why? 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 I mean, I, here's my thing. I don't understand the love for Jonathan Stewart. I think he's. Um, I think he absolutely overachieved last year, which is fine, which is great. But the reason he's on the bus list is because I just think he's being crazy overdrafted, crazy overdrafted. In 13 games, he he had 989 rush yards and just 99 receiving yards. Okay, this is a guy we love? I don't get that. He had seven touchdowns. This is his ceiling, guys. This is his ceiling. I think his floor is much lower. I mean, I think his floor is somewhere like 700. And this is if he plays 12 to to 14 games because we know he's not playing 16. All right? If he plays 12 to 14 games, something like, I don't know, 800 yards and five touchdowns, I think that's, I think that's a reasonable projection for him. I don't want to invest in that. As, as an RB2 in the fifth round, though? In the fifth – that's that's what I'm talking about. In the fifth round, there's no chance in hell I'm taking a guy who I think whose ceiling is 10-50 tw- is and seven touchdowns. That's his ceiling. I don't,
2: I don't the year he had last that. year, he, there's no way in hell he's doing that. I mean, that he's coming off the board around the same spot as Jeremy Hill, Ryan Matthews. I mean
3: uh, – Give me Ryan Matthews all day long. I mean, I would take. All day. I
4: would probably. I, I think I might take Ryan Matthews a hair over Jonathan Stewart, but he's a guy that, like you mentioned, because I, I was editing your piece right. uh, before we came up here too. You mentioned Cameron artis Payne. He's really not a threat for touches. Why not? This is Stewart's backfield. No, come oh, on. Why, why, is. why is
3: Cameron artis Payne not a threat? He was for like touches.
4: a fifth round draft pick who did nothing as a, showed nothing as a rookie. He had forty five carries. He had that. He had the chance to take over the backfield while they put Stewart on the shelf down the stretch before right. the
3: playoffs, and he did not. I think, look, Jonathan Stewart, what, ninth NFL season, 29 years old. The guys had an unbelievable history of injuries. And again, when you're saying even when healthy, 13 games, he put up 1050-ish, not 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, went healthy. He's 29 years old with an extensive injury history. You want to spend a fifth-round pick on that guy?
4: For an RB2, absolutely. Oh. I'll pass all day. List, <laughs> list, what's your take on Jonathan Stewart? Well,
1: this is a player that I'm not particularly passionate about. I'll be legit. But I think that the fact that you haven't mentioned the fact that Cam Cam Newton is going to vulture him consistently at the goal line. And if I'm playing in a standard scoring league again, I want those TDs, especially from my running back, because that's where you're going to get out of your points. So to me, that does knock him down a bit. Um and you've got, as um, Marcus already said, Jeremy Hill and Ryan Matthews going around the same spot. Jay Ajayi is going around the same spot. Melvin Gordon is going just slightly after. And I don't want to dump ahead in- unless we're done with this Jay Stude talk because I think that this is not a bust. I think this is a bounce back. Oh,
4: th- we've got we've got Uh-oh. companions Uh-oh. on the side Uh-oh. of the Uh-oh. table Uh-oh. over there. All right. well, real, real quick, well, I will just go. let me let me lob right, one please, thing at Jay Stude before we move please, on. Please, please. Uh, you're absolutely right, Liz. That like Cam is the biggest red zone threat to him we have to think at a certain point they're going to stop putting their $100 million quarterback in on goal line they're dives. Not.
0: They're not. They're not. No, no, no. not that's his career. I mean, yeah, he's, a
4: hu- he's a human tank. Right. Like,
2: the guys seem They're not going to stop, though. Not soon. They're
4: not going to stop. Jay Stu did get a few more carries in the red zone last year, so I'm encouraged. And it was his stretch from week 5 to 12 before he got injured where he had over 20 carries in every game. If I'm getting an RB2, I at least want to the know volume. he has a safe workload. So that's that's why I like him in that range. But were you going to add a, a counter to the cam thing or – no, no,
1: I, I, I he's, think that's... he's
3: indestructible.
1: <laughs> I mean, you saw the truck, right? Yeah, he flipped in a truck and right. walked away and brushed right. his shoulders off. So. Right,
3: exactly. I mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I, I think Kelvin Benjamin coming back also is a lot of red zone targets being taken. Greg Olson's still there. I, I just don't see a lot of upside. Um, Especially and I'll give you that.
4: He's not a super high ceiling guy, but if, if I'm taking shots on somebody that's going to at least give me consistent RB2 production, I, I like Chase doing that range. And
3: like I said, if he plays, I think if he plays 10 games next year, I'd be pretty happy. But I'm not going to take a guy who's going to play 10 games, and again, a ceiling of seven touchdowns in the fifth round, I'm just not going to do it. Um, let alone the sixth. I mean, maybe in the seventh, now I start considering. But in the fifth, no way. Absolutely not. But let's talk about Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Why, is well, he de- why does he deserve not to be on this? Who league? wants to start? Look, micro fresh surgery,
2: bro. That, see, that's the thing that worries me because I was all about the Melvin Gordon bounce back season this okay. year. I mean, I really thought he was going to be better. I really thought that the Chargers have to figure out something to establish the run. I mean, last year they couldn't run at all. At all. And they've got to figure out some way to get it going. I really thought this was going to be the year. Melvin Gordon, a year of experience. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, has gotten better. I thought this was going to be it. The microfracture thing scares me a little bit, but I do oh, big think time. I, I do think you know the least the opportunity will be there, and then whether or not he takes advantage of it, it's going to be a different story.
3: I don't know, you know. People talk about that opportunity, and and it's funny. I funny hearing about the how much opportunity and volume he's going to get in this particular room. When you guys freaking love Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead. You guys love Danny
2: Woodhead. You guys love I, think, Wooden, I, was I talking think I'm the, think I'm the only Danny one Woodhead. on the Melvin Gordon train uh, right <laughs> now. No, no, no,
1: no, no. I may be a guest, but I am totally <laughs> All
2: right, right well, I appreciate it. I'm not alone in this train. the point that no
1: one is bringing up Okay, please. is San Diego worried about the microfracture because they didn't address their backfield in the draft. It's true. They didn't address it in the free agency period. And it's true. And what did they do in the draft instead? They went out and got Baby Watt, Derek, JJ's little brother, who is a full black and fullback and uh-huh. blocked for Gordon Ware yep. at Wisconsin. That's interesting. They were roommates. It's interesting. So they're giving this guy every opportunity. Maybe it blows up in everyone's face, but I will take the guy that the team is all in on absolutely, especially in the sixth round.
4: No, that's a, that's a good point, the, the walk connection, because I think that was something they realized is that Gordon was accustomed to running with a fullback and in the single back sets behind as you mentioned your piece, that just decimated offensive line. The offensive it was, line, it was it was just not good for Torn to shreds. I mean, By watching 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 Chargers tape last year, like those
2: poor running backs got hit in crumpled, the backfield crumpled. so often. Can, we, can I can I take this time to throw out a PSA to all NFL teams? Yeah, please. Don't forget about your fullbacks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, how many fullbacks are in the NFL there aren't no many now? Left. It's,
2: it's a dying. There's like dying there's Mike position. Tolbert. I mean, what John Kuhn is no longer him out the Packers right. aren't he's, bringing him back. It's he's not. not going to be back Green
3: what? Bay. Yeah. Wait, John Kuhn's not coming back to Green Bay. No. no. Oh, how did how did this not make? Fun so there? we've got
2: we've got we've got <laughs> Mike Tolbert. I mean, what is Marcel? Like, Reese, really? Is Marcel Reese still kicking around the NFL? Yep, yep. I mean, is he? I don't know.
3: No, it's not new left. I mean, here. When you think about how the NFL has evolved, it's a passing league now, So right? we, we've pretty so, much
2: done away with the fullback in exchange for one more wide receiver. Exactly.
3: Exactly. And will San Diego commit to having a full? I guess they will because Phillip Rivers just got lit up last year. And uh, they need to do something in regards to protection. There's just no question about it. Um, I don't think they improve their offensive line enough. Obviously, they're going to be getting healthier. But again, it, for me, it just really comes back to microfracture surgery—a uh, super long history of sapping players uh, of explosiveness and athleticism. And, uh, and as far as I can tell, uh, there haven't been any terrible, terribly great advances in that procedure. Well, the so one—I'll bet
4: against it. The him. one thing that works in his favor here, though, is that it depends on like the. Sti- I'm no surgeon, but it's like depends on the size of like the the microfracture that sure. he had like one of the smallest ones TV possible.
2: One.
3: Yeah. And and again, in you know, to that point, they had him a, a estimated timetable of four to six months, and so you know, it's six months, and he's doing individual drills. I also I
4: don't know why I qualify that saying I'm not a surgeon. That's very clear. <laughs> 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 I talk on this podcast all the time.
3: But, but again, yeah, I, I, I think about sure. Danny Woodhead. I think about the microfracture. I think about the offensive line. I I look at his ADP. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it.
4: Well, all right. I want to. I want to hear uh, you defend the top two guys listed. Uh, I Freeman. know Liz. You said you wrote an article, on this, so I'll be interested in your point afterwards. But James, tell yes. us why why not to like Devonta Freeman.
3: Um, and again, keep in mind. Look, right now, his ADP, like he's locked and loaded as a top twelve guy. Locked and loaded as a twelve, uh, a top twelve guy. And I don't have him that much further down. I've got him at twenty. Okay, but I think that's. As low as I've seen him on any experts' rankings. Okay, so keep in mind that's the relative value, and of course, yeah. at the top of the draft, missing on a guy is is hugely impactful. Um, and I get that. The reason I don't like him in that top twelve, top ten range is because most of the damage he did was in a five game stretch, a five game stretch that featured what three NFC East teams in in New Orleans. <laughs> Okay, if you take away those games, and, and if you weren't following the NFL last year, the NFC East was just a train wreck defensively. As Adam Rank would say, they were straight-up Dukes. They were straight-up Dukes. <laughs> and you throw in New Orleans into that five-game stretch as well. Um, you, you take away the—look, he had, what, three? I think three of his final five games that he played, he had double-digit scoring, which is great. Okay, which is great, but it was that was – I mean, you want to talk about volume. That was all based on volume. I think he only had a, just a touch – just a tick over three yards of carry over those final five games. I think I think there's going to be some regression, especially in the touchdown department. Um, I think you can get better value. I'd rather have a guy like Des Bryant uh, in that range, and I know not a lot of folks are doing that. Um, but for that price in that top 10, 10 to 12 range – i just ah, just not that comfortable with Devontae Freeman.
1: So a couple of things. Um, I hear all that. You did not mention what I see as the biggest threat to his production, and that's Tevin Coleman.
3: Oh, listen. There's <laughs> nobody. I am so huge on Tevin Coleman. It's unbelievable.
1: Well, that's too bad. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: I'm huge on Tevin Coleman. So
1: do I think that Tevin Coleman, who was handpicked by Kyle Shanahan. He was. Right? Out of Indiana. Uh, right. Teammates with Jordan Howard. Um, I like
3: thousand yard rusher at Indiana. Sure.
1: Sure. What else does he have? Oh, an upright running style. What does that do? Invites injury. (laughs) Could he stay healthy his rookie year? Sure. Couldn't. What is what does Freeman have? Something as much as I appreciate these next gen stats that we are able to receive (laughs) the metrics community. Here's what Devonta Freeman has vision and patience an elite level, I'd say, of vision and patience. Is he fastest guy? No. Is he the strongest guy? No. Is he the biggest guy? No. But he does produce because he has unquantifiable skills. He also has awesome hands. He was second in targets to Julio Jones. He had nearly five catches per contest and racked up 578 yards through the air. That was the third most of any running back in 2015. So you want to take away his totes, fine. Coleman can cut into those if Coleman can stay healthy, maybe 8 to 11 touches per game. But who else would they Going to use in the passing game. I know that Rank obviously likes Jar- Justin Hardy as a high volume slot guy. Right. So New did some interesting things two seasons ago when uh, the rest of the-, the cadre of receivers in Cincinnati right. were banged up. Right. But I think that the rapport between Ryan and and Freeman in the passing game is one that you have to. You have to notice, and you have to, you know, give some some credit to. Um, so I think that those are a lot of reasons that. Will I see regression? Yes. Do I see him as a twenty, a top twenty, like outside of the top fifteen? I have him ranked number eleven. So a low end RB
4: overall or among RBs. 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 Okay.
1: Um. So do I see him as a low end RB one, high end RB two? Yes. A bust though? Come on.
3: Again. <laughs> I'm saying he's Busted. a bust relative to his draft price. That's all it him is. Fall
1: out of the top 15, right? Are you Absolutely, he's a low end RB two.
3: I, I I would see him as a yeah, I guess no, as like a mid like a a mid level RB two. Okay. Oh man. Hey. <laughs> I found
4: it. I knew the ATN guys had it. I was, I was trying to scoop it up there.
3: I just think, look, again, if I could take him at the end of the as the second, early third, of course. But I, I'm not going to get him He's there. He's not going to be there. He's not going to be right. there. He's well, going as fair. a top 10, top 12 pick. I'm not going to invest that. But I think yep. part of that is that when you get, uh,
2: having just done our 10-team you know, mock, you, yeah. you get to that 10th pick, and it's foggy. I mean, oh, it for sure. really is. It's like, what do for I sure. do here, you know? <laughs> for sure. You had the 10th pick. I had What'd the 10th pick. You went with Gronk and no, I took, Freeman. I took Devontae Freeman okay. 10. I took Gronk 11 because I just couldn't justify taking Gronk in the first <laughs> round. I mean, it, it's totally a mental thing, so I, like, waited until the right. turn. But
3: And then who else? Who went after that? You were uh, around that pick.
2: No, I
4: was farther down. Let me pull it up super quick. Somebody pass the time while I grab this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take
3: Okay. I'll give you me. my full list, by the way. I do. Oh,
2: I already did, didn't I? Yeah. 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 yeah I do have a quick question, though. Um, can T.J. Yeldon be a bust when you don't have high expectations for him in the first place?
3: I don't know. Is he? he What's his ADP right now? Because I th- I thought I saw him going in like round ten. Yeldon? He's uh, round seven. For, right yeah, now. seven for fantasy football. Cowboys. He's going round seven. Round seven. Oh, big time bust. I mean, at round seven, big time bust. I just uh, T.J. Yeldon last
2: year is what I thought he would be, which wasn't particularly special. Um, I hear you. And I, I, think, I was with you on that, pal. I think this year he'll. We watched a lot of Alabama games. They're kind of be more of the same. I mean, look, my biggest issue with TJ Yeldon is that the dude just falls down all the time. (laughs) That's a problem (laughs) for a running back. I mean, like, he just – without being touched or being barely touched. The dude just falls down. Like I don't know if he's got bad balance, if he's got like an inner ear
3: thing or something. Like I'm not <laughs> sure, but I need my running backs to stay on
2: their feet and TJ Yeldon just doesn't do that.
3: Uh, this is the the, the big time stat that I looked at. Um and this is not advanced metrics at all, all right? This is not a next gen stat. This is not next gen <laughs> 12 games. 12 games featured running back playing for a a pretty good scoring offense, okay? Yeldon had how many total touchdowns? Three, I think, right? Three. Three total touchdowns in 12 games where there was literally nobody by Jules, a converted quarterback. Who I believe did
4: get more red zone touches, carries than <laughs> Yelton Now you add Chris Ivory into the mix. Who's going to get all the red zone carries. I
3: don't understand. How does anybody invest a seventh-round pick in TJ Yelton? I don't get it. I couldn't do it. There's just no way. Even in the tenth round, I'm like, yeah, there's some upside guys that I might like here. Well, tenth round,
2: I'd probably take
3: a swing at. I think <laughs> again, but but what happens when? What happens if Chris Ivory just like, you know what, man, it's good. I'm here. You need to take a back seat. Could. Like it, it could that could totally happen. I think the the thing with T.J. Yeldon and Chris Ivory, the reason both of their values are just so. Murky and up in the air is the fact that we don't know. We literally do not know who's going to end up starting in the backfield. Um, you think T.J. Yeldon, high high-profile draft pick. Okay, fine. But then the team went and spent really good money yeah. to bring in Chris Ivory. I'm, act- I'm actually just remembering this right
4: now. But um, back in the day when they picked Yeldon, uh, the whole thing was Gus Bradley said he wanted his bell cow and he like pounded the table for right. him in the draft room. Maybe they realized they didn't. They might not have gotten that. So that's sure. why they went and got Ivory, who he's going to have be that that you know heavy heavier workload thumper kind of guy he's
1: certainly not a guy who plays to his size yeah like that's I think what Marcus was alluding to and so we know that Chris Ivory is a burner who does play to his size and then right you know Chris Ivory's obviously had some durability issues but I think that you're totally right and I agree with that bust pick um did we have more Freeman talk or did we want to talk about
3: where was that where was uh who was went right after Freeman so it was Freeman Gronk um, and did you? Did you Sorry, that, yeah, that I've heart? got,
4: I've got it here. There was some chatter coming from out back here. I had to fix that. Uh, Jamal Charles, Des Bryant, Doug Martin, AJ Green, and Lamar Miller were the next five
3: I'll take, picks. I'll take everyone except, uh, probably not Jamal Charles. And
4: then after that, Allen Robinson, Jordy Nelson. I'll take him. I'll take him. Mike Evans.
3: And uh, that's where it starts getting a little bit for me. But a lot of those guys, like again, all those guys, clear cut. I would, I would much rather have Dez Bryant than, uh, than Devonte Freeman. And so I just, like I said, for me, again, it's all relative value. I don't. I think he's a good player. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be, look, I still have him ranked top 20, for God's sakes. You know? <laughs> it's like, but in the top 10, no way. Uh, there's just no way in hell I'm taking him in the top 10. Absolutely not.
4: All right. Well, I think that's, uh, we hit like half the guys on the list roughly, so we can let everybody else check that out tomorrow when yes. it drops, nfl.com slash draft kit. And now before we get to daily daps quick. Yes. Probably the highlight of our week is yes. all right. So you get you know we've talked about it a lot. Marks and I love terrible movies. Yes. Watch them all the time. Throw like events where we drink beer and watch terrible beer and watch terrible movies. Uh, highlight Fridays and one of the the crown jewels of the bad movie like fandom is Citizen Kane the room. of bad movies. The Citizen Kane of bad movies is The Room. What is The Room? The Room uh, was, I think they refer to it as a black comedy now that came out in the, the mid-2000s. Let's uh, be honest.
2: It was supposed to be dramatic. It was terrible, so they're trying to rebuild right, it. Right. They're trying as to rebuild it as a comic. black comedy. Ah.
4: And it's basically just about this guy living in San Francisco and his, his, his love life and stuff like that. And it's it's really terrible. It's and a- it's it's incredible it's it's kind of indescribable james you really have to watch okay. it okay but <laughs> I, wait, how did this come up liz when we were we were talking about something or or on twitter or we were I think dming we were about something
1: reading about something because it's become this huge phenomenon. there are like screenings midnight screenings and, yeah
3: and
2: it, it's it's sort of like the rocky horror picture show now people got it. bring yeah. props people go got it. With props
3: okay. and there's
4: like audience cues and stuff almost
3: okay uh, yeah. So where does Liz Loza <laughs> so, I'm so confused, where does Liz Loza fit into this story? I don't understand. So one
4: of the one of the main characters, uh, the girlfriend of the lead, Tom Uzo, who wrote, directed, starred and produced in it, um is his girlfriend, Lisa. And okay. Liz, it turns out, uh, actually auditioned for the role. You ad- auditioned. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So that's why. And, uh, you know, as you can Great. tell from what we've, how we've discussed this movie, it was probably a good career move that she Great. said no to okay. the part. and so, didn't get it, but please tell us the story. For the record, yes. I had
1: not yet moved out to L.A. I was still in college. And I was interning uh, for a bit at a casting director's office trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, etc. Okay. And so um, while I was here, I was like, oh, I'm going to try auditioning, like, how people audition I don't know what that means I didn't have an agent right I was just gonna try and submit my headshot and see what happens and so you get this call from this movie called The Room and they were paying like a hundred dollars a day which sounded like a lot and I was like oh I'm 20 that sounds awesome (laughs) um, so I went to the audition and it was the craziest I have never had this experience but there were like lines of people and we're all just like holding our headshots and reading these sides and there's this wild haired black curly haired man Screaming at us in this thick accent of uh, accent of European-ish. I have no yeah, idea. nobody knows what it is. No right, one like, knows where he's. I don't know. From. <laughs> he's like yelling, and he's making all of us make out on couches. Huh? Yes. <laughs> That was a huge thing. He's making. He was like, "We we need to see the chemistry. We need to see the chemistry." I've been in auditions where women have taken off their shirts, and I was like, I don't, Like, I mean, I'm I'm in college, and like, I take off my shirt a lot, but like, I don't know if this is you. Uni- I, I feel like there's probably laws against this. But I was like, okay, I, I would like a hundred dollars a day and a movie credit. Sure. So, um, I'm on these couches making out with these guys, who, by the way, were he, he's just standing there watching, noting our makeouts. He was Not like, "Not creepy at all." I, I didn't, Not lot, I at all. I didn't believe that. Go in closer, kiss him harder. Put your tongue into like he's like. What? It's really like like more tongue, less tongue. So wait, was this your?
2: That was the whole audition.
1: This was the audition, and
2: it did was, you actually have to say
1: anything? We had to say the lines, but the lines were like like.
2: If they're the lines from the movie, they were yeah, terrible. It was oh, yeah. like,
1: <laughs> I, I am angry at you.
2: And then we like. <laughs>
1: And then we like, he, but it was he basically just had us like lined up on couches making up, and then you would be like, "You switch, you swap, you out, you in." And then the poor guy that was like my other, yeah. um, his car got towed because the <laughs> audition oh, no. took an hour long, and it was basically an hour of us like, I felt like I came out of some sort of um, like sweat camp, like sweat lodge where they like just you know blasted you with heat, and then you were like, all <laughs> you walked out into the sunlight, and you're like, oh my god, what? oh my God, your car got towed. Uh, I've just made out with three people and I, I, I consented was to it. How did that happen? Was
4: that like, because uh, had you had many big, big, in air quotes, no. auditions beforehand? this so was that like was... my
1: third audition of my entire career.
4: Wow. And it was for the room.
1: It was for the room and then I got a call back. Um, <laughs> for- I got a call back but I did not go. Oh because it was so like decision. it was so Probably for the skeeved best. out after it that I, was like, I don't think I want to work with this guy. Like I don't think this is. The right. I actually talked to the casting director that I was interning for about it, and she was appalled. And she was like, "You cannot go back." But I got a call back <laughs> and she did not go.
2: Oh my god, yeah, that story awesome. was even better than I imagined. That was <laughs> so
4: amazing. I'm just I because having you know watched the room countless times, I'm just picturing Tommy directing this like madhouse casting audition with all these people making out and like. I, I don't know on if that's...
1: filthy sofas that he clearly got oh. from like curbs Street outside, corners oh. in Los oh. like like Palms and Highland sort of. Oh
4: no! Oh. Gosh, well, oh, I, no. I think we we uh, I for one can say I'm glad that you didn't go back on that callback, Liz, and ended up where you are, so we could talk fantasy and you know be. Football heads out here but in Los man, Angeles. That story so is amazing. Oh my that's God. so
3: good. That is a great story. I feel like I need to have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> just right? to sit I mean, and think about life.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, like man,
3: let me just philosophize on that one. That's interesting wow. that you
1: went beer and not shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he didn't. He didn't have to make out with anybody <laughs> yeah. on a dirty. Couch.
4: <laughs> right. Exactly. That's. Yeah. Maybe wow. he's having a shower beer, Liz. <laughs> so those are the best kind
3: of beers. Very refreshing. All wow. right. We well, do?
4: Thank you for sharing that story with us. That was tremendous. <laughs> I hope the listeners at home. Stuck through it Enjoyed it And if you've never seen The Room Go check it out Go check it out I might
3: have to you should. I might have to Let's do Daily Daps Get out <laughs> of here Let's do it Extra, extra Read all about it This is the
1: day Daps and hooks Give me daps Cause I
3: I'll be scribbling right Give me dabbing up Daps and bound Daps and all right, Daily Dap time. We'll start with MG, my guy Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, I got a few. Uh, one, and I don't know if uh, Gellhart adapts
2: this or not, but I am. Uh, I went to see the nice guys over the weekend. Oh, uh, I was going to dap it today, but that's fine. It's all right. Uh, we, can we, can, we, can, it. we can double up on the dap. Yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. Go see it. Uh, if you are sick of, and not sick, but if you want something other than a remake or a reboot or a superhero movie, well written, well acted. You know what's so
3: funny? funny. I, was thinking that, I was just thinking about that uh, uh, the other day. I'm like, man, I need to go see a real movie. Go see, nice go see the nice guy. Go see the nice guy. And not like I'm just—I mean, the superhero movies that have come out have been have been good. Just
2: I got, it I just think feels are, the people same. Are, people
3: have superhero fatigue. I think. I think so. I think it
2: feels the same. So go see the nice guy. Uh, a couple other things, real quick. One, uh, dap to Alan Polito, who uh, was a—he's a—he's a soccer forward, plays for the Mexican national team, or he plays in Mexico, I should say. Yeah. Was kidnapped. Yeah. over The weekend. That's insane overpowered his kidnapper and freed himself. Oh, wow. What? Right. So, uh he had been kidnapped. Did he go Draymond Green on that dude's private car? Uh, maybe. Or? Maybe. Okay. Um but somehow he he, you know, disabled the the kidnapper. Okay. Called the cops, told them where he was. They came and uh, helped get him out. So, uh, Daily Daps to him for that. And uh, final daily dap goes to uh, for anybody who is you know, every now and then you know James and I will dap some new hip hop album or sure, whatever. Sure. But uh, Ninth Wonder, who is one of my favorite beat makers right now, uh, over the Memorial Day weekend, dropped a not to be confused with Wonder Boy. Not to be confused with Wonder Boy, he dropped a mixtape of uh, of beats. It's 36 tracks long. You can find it on SoundCloud right now. I think it's also on iTunes. But it's called Zion by Ninth Wonder. So if you are into instrumental hip hop of the Jay Dilla. Uh, ninth Wonder sort, go get it! It. Uh, I listened to the first couple tracks before I came up here for uh, the podcast, and it sounds fantastic. So that'll be what I'm doing is uh, we're putting the final t- touches on the draft kit today. There you go. Beautiful.
3: I love it. Uh, Alex Gelhar, what's
4: up? Uh, well, I was also going to da- adapt uh, the Nice Guys because, as Marcus said, it's hilarious. It's a fun movie, and I hear people lament all the time, like, "Oh, I just want like." other new ideas to come out, new movies. I'm so sick of sequels and reboots. I'm like, what's the last one you've seen recently? like, oh, I don't know. So, like, when good movies come out like this, if you want more of them, we need to go support it. And Nice Kids did, like, okay at the box office. But get out and go see it, people. It's a lot of fun. Ryan Gosling had me in tears a couple times. I was laughing so hard. Oh, is that right? He's so funny. That's a lot of blood. He's (laughs) He's so- <laughs> oh oh yeah from the trailer when he cuts himself on the door. That's a lot of blood. Oh god, he's great. Um, so there I'll just daily depth that and daily Depp to Liz Loza. Thanks for coming on. Yes. She uh she no? was was gonna come in last week but was had some sort of terrible illness. Had to get his the Z pack and everything, and she soldiered through it. Now she's here, and I, I we're honored to have her as our first in studio non NFL guest. You don't have Zika, do you?
1: I uh, know. Okay. <laughs> Good. Perfect. I hope not. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Liz Losa,
3: Daily Dabs. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you know how this works? Is basically we just give props, man.
1: Yeah, I can okay, give a prop. Um, can I give a prop to John Favreau because I saw the sure. Jungle Book over the weekend yeah. in the movie oh, yeah. theater, and nice. I have a, I have a little boy; he's almost three. Um, and I don't go to the movies anymore because yeah, I, I have a, a job and a child. Yeah, yeah. no life. Um, and so I'm also afraid that if I go to the movies, I'm gonna fall asleep in am But I went to the Jungle <laughs> Book without uh, just with my husband, and it, it was incredible. A plus, no notes. Oh, great. It was absolutely super, super fun. Loved it. And so John Favreau, uh, the like skeevy chubby guy from Swingers, directed. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was pretty skinny in Swingers. Still, like he got chubby after. Yeah,
1: props was. because I mean, Iron Man is one thing, and Jungle Book is another. He is like crossing genres. It was excellent. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for little kids, but awesome, awesome. And I also want to give a deck, not for
3: little mind. kids, huh?
1: No, 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 no. It's like a family adventure movie. I'd say like eight and above. It's oh. kind of scary. Right. Um, Bill Murray was of uh, the voice of Baloo. He was excellent. Oh, All he was the so voices. good. And Gary Shanling, RIP, was excellent. Um, you caught his voice really quickly, and that uh, I got a little. Email. About that. I also want to quickly give a shout out or dap, I guess, to um, Amelia Clark, the Khaleesi Daenerys, she mother of dragons. She and
2: I are birthday buddies.
1: Oh, she is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever meet her
2: in person, that'll be the first thing I say is that we are birthday buddies. I don't know how far that'll take Oh, you I know, thought you were going to you know, say, hey, guess? you're so hot.
3: No.
1: Mike Ditka. Oh,
4: oh perfect. Yeah, Very fitting. Cool. Yeah.
1: Anyway, Amelia Clark says she wants to play Jane Bond in a reboot of the James Bond series, be the first female Jane James Bond. I love it. Props to her for going forward. That's and, cool. And uh, I, would, I would totally buy her as some sort of spy-esque, you know, martini-drinking sure. ass kicker. Yeah, I, I like
3: it. Do yeah, yeah call no, you're did, good. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, do they call it, would they still call it 007?
2: I yeah, don't why know. Why That's a question. About, uh, I mean, 007 uh, is merely just the license to kill. Right. The 00, at least. Ah. And, and the 7 is your code number. So. Okay. And wasn't
1: right. the, the person before James Bond who had the 007 was a woman, right?
2: I believe so. I yeah. think so.
3: Oh, is that right? Yeah.
1: It's Could it be late, a prequel? Late, late.
2: Ooh.
3: Could this be a prequel? Maybe. This is, I don't know. This is the double. I, like, I tell you what,
4: though, I would, I would see the hell out of that movie. Oh, yeah. If I'd I saw probably, that trailer, I'd be, I'd like, be like, yep. Going, going. It'd well, be one of those depends. ones where I'm in, I'm in the theater and I see the trailer. And I'm just like, shut up and take my money. <laughs>
3: Uh, man, speaking of great trailers, uh, I'll go ahead and give Daily Daps to Suicide Squad. The trailers there look awesome. I cannot wait to see that movie. Uh, After we just talked about
4: superhero yeah. fatigue.
3: I've got so much superhero uh, fatigue. Man, Suicide Squad looks great. It looks awesome. Uh, Jungle Book actually really looked good uh, in the trailers too, and, and I wanted to watch that. That was one of the movies I was thinking about watching because I have super fu- superhero fatigue. Um, what's another trailer? Oh, uh, the Born uh, the Born movie that's coming out. What's that one called? Uh, just... Jason Bourne, oh. I think right. one. it's just what it's called. Uh, by the way, he is ripped. He is absolutely... It's it, it's a good thing they do not test for PEDs in movies. Because <laughs> <laughs> that boy, Matt Damon, is jacked in that trailer. Um, I'll give uh, my official daily daps to James Brown. Uh, I don't know why. I was just listening to a lot of James Brown over the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I think I had Man's World on like repeat for a while. Fantastic song. Oh, unbelievable. And then... Uh, I, I did you do this? I, I, I'm surprised, MG. No Clay Thompson love? I mean, you he know, single-handedly carried the Warriors for, I would say. Without Klay without Thompson, there is no Game 7. I think even, I don't even think they win Game 7 without Klay Thompson. The way he caught fire and kept them close. Yeah. It was a double-digit lead. Didn't he make like four three-pointers in a row? Yeah, absolutely. And he kept them in the game, and he actually gave them the momentum and carried them uh, into a lead of their own. But, again, you got to keep in mind, they were facing a double-digit deficit uh, with, again, with an Oklahoma City team that wasn't playing great. I think they're still missing shots from three-point land right now. (laughs) Uh, and layups for that matter. And layups, but no. But Clay Thompson, I thought, was the the series MVP. He was the best player on the floor uh, in this entire series. He did an okay job, a pretty good job of uh, of playing defense, and again carried them in Game Six and carried them. I thought uh, for Game Seven. Granted, Curry finished off the game, but it was. Thompson, who set them up and put them in that position. So, uh, daps to him as well. Uh, that's going to do it for our podcast. For the kit from Wisconsin, Alex Kelhar. Oh, by the way, sign up today, NFL.com slash fantasy and NFL.com slash draft kit for the latest draft kit. Hey, thank you, Liz Loza. MG, my guy Marcus Grant. I'm James Coe. We're out.
0: irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you when you pull up to game night in the all-new camry but it's actually bingo night
1: mini golf anyone
0: it's a camry vibe the all-new all-hybrid camry toyota let's go places
1: you wouldn't
3: expect to hear that we're america's third best city for beer like this one or home to vibes like this and this